Psalm 8, let's read it. It says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent, majestic, and glorious is your name in all the earth. Remember that song that we did, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent, how majestic your name in all the earth. Man, I love that song. You have set your glory on or above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and unweaned infants, you have established strength because of your foes that you might silence the enemy and the avenger. Okay, so out of the King James, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, thou, uh, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. Okay, when I view and consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained and established. What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than God or heavenly beings. The word there is Elohim. It can mean God or it can mean a heavenly being. And you have crowned him with glory and honor. You made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen, yes, and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. And whatever passes along the paths of the seas, O Lord, uh, our Lord, how excellent, majestic, and glorious is your name in all the earth. All right, so God gave dominion, and even there in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, 28, you can read it there, uh, what he's quoting here now. Uh, you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands, you know, the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and every creeping thing on the face of the earth. So, um, so it's so amazing that he would he would speak about the creation here because God created us, humanity, to be the crown of his creation. All right, so he says, you have crowned him with glory and honor. So you have been crowned by God. So Adam kind of lost his crown. <laughs> he gave it to the devil, and the devil was flaunting it around, and he, you know, he subjected creation to frailty, Romans chapter 8, not by any fault on its part, but by the will of him who so subjected it, which is Adam. So he gave his crown to the devil. And the crown is the glory. Okay, he surrendered it. So Adam walked in the dust, walked without the glory that was given to him. But Jesus came to restore everything. Jesus came to crown us again with a crown of glory. So while we're in the book of Psalms, I just want to go to Psalm 103. So let's just read a few scriptures and see what happens. Okay, Psalm 103 it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is deepest within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not one of all his benefits, who forgives everyone of all will iniquities, who heals each one of all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and corruption, who beautifies, dignifies, and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. So when the love comes, when the loving kindness and tender mercy comes, the glory is there. The love and the glory is the same. Who satisfies your mouth? God is love. If the love is on the scene, God's glory is on the scene. 
who it satisfies your mouth, your necessity and desire at your personal age and situation with good, so that your youth renewed is like the eagles, strong, soaring, and overcoming. Okay. So he crowns you. <laughs> Let's go to First Peter. First Peter chapter five. First Peter chapter five. I really, I'm just reading a few scriptures saying that we are crowned with the glory of God, and I hope this will really bless you. It says here in verse four. Struggle just to find my place. And then when the chief shepherd is revealed, you will win the conqueror's crown of glory. When the chief shepherd is revealed, you will win the conqueror's crown of glory. So when was Jesus revealed as the good shepherd? John chapter 10, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. No one can take my life, but I lay it down voluntarily and I have the power to take it up again. Okay? So Jesus at the cross was manifested as the chief shepherd, the good shepherd that's laying down his life. Okay? He laid down his life. He gave up his glory that he had, the glory that he had from the beginning with the Father. He gave it up and he died so that he could crown us with his glory. So that he could bring us into the glory and splendor of God. It says, likewise, you who are younger and of lesser rank, be subject to the elders, giving them due respect. And then it says, God sets himself self against the proud but gives grace to the humble therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that in due time he may exalt you casting the whole of your care all your anxieties and your worries and your concern on, on once for all on him for he cares for you so don't try to win your own crown don't try to stand in your own authority a crown is the authority you sit on a throne and you if you're a king you sit on the throne and you have a crown so what happens when you approach the throne of grace, you know, we've sp spoken about this so many times, Hebrews chapter 4, we can come boldly to the throne of grace. So what happens there? You come to the glory of God. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places, Ephesians 2, 2 verse 6. So you're, the moment you come to the throne life, you are crowned with glory. And he sets his creation under your feet. We need to get this. He puts his creation, he subjects all things to that person sitting, resting on the throne, having received the crown of glory. Okay, First Peter chapter 1 and then we go to Hebrews. So First Peter chapter 1, he says, Verse 10, the prophets who prophesied of the grace which was intended for you searched and inquired earnestly about the salvation they sought to find out to whom and when this was to come, which the Spirit of Christ working within them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that should follow them. So the suffering of Christ should be followed by glory. Okay, The suffering of Christ followed by glory. 
it was then disclosed to them that the services they were rendering were not meant for themselves in their period of time, but for you. It is these things which have now already been made known plainly to you by those who preach the good news to you by the same Holy Spirit sent from heaven into these things the very angels long to look. So brace up your mind. Be sober, circumspect, morally alert. Set your hope wholly and unchangeably on the grace that is coming to you when Christ is revealed. So what is revealed to you uh, when Christ is revealed? The victor's crown of glory. What is also revealed when Christ is revealed? The grace of God is revealed to you. So that's Romans chapter 5 verse 17. Those who receive the abundance of grace, the overflowing grace, and the free gift of righteousness will reign as a king in life. How? Seated on the throne with a crown of glory. Okay. In the heavenlies at the right hand of the Father. So verse 14 says, Live as children of obedience to God. Do not conform yourselves to the evil desires that governed you in the form of ignorance when you did not know the requirements of the gospel. So we need to get to a place where we have the victor's crown of glory on our, he on our heads so that we have victory over everything in our bodies also. So that we have victory over temptation and all those things. How do we get the victory? Fellowship with Jesus. Time spent in the secret place. Yielding to the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. The spirit is the light life of God and the light life of God is the glory of God. The authority is in the spirit of God manifesting in your life. All right. But as the one who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct and manner of living for it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Now, verse 17, from verse 17, listen to this. If you call upon him as your father, who judges everyone impartially according to what he does, then you should conduct yourselves with true reverence throughout your time of your temporary residence on earth. Okay, now he says, you must know. You must know. You must know. <laughs> you must know and recognize that you were redeemed ransomed from the useless, fruitless way of living inherited by tradition from your forefathers, not by the corruptible things such as silver and gold, but you were purchased with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a sacrificial lamb without blemish or spot. So he purchased you. You are not your own. He says you were redeemed. A price was paid from you. For you, from the useless, fruitless way of living we inherited by traditions from our forefathers. So Jesus spoke to the Jews and he said, You make the word of God of no effect because of your traditions. I don't want the word of God to be in no effect. So therefore, I have not much respect for man's traditions. But I have greater respect for what the word says. So if tradition says... Has a certain dogma or a certain um, doctrine, then it's not it's not necessarily the truth. But people hold on to it because they respect the, the tradition, and we've been ransomed by the blood of Jesus from the useless, fruitless way of living inherited by traditions. So if you look back on the, all those traditions, have you seen the glory of God through them? <laughs> 
Have you seen God manifesting himself through them? I mean, there may be some good stuff in there and so on, and some stuff that's better than maybe some other traditions. But hey, did you see the glory of God in it? Did you see God's plan in it? Did you see God's light life? Did you see his miracle power being manifested? Did you see God at work through it? Or was it just another good plan of man forced on the next generation? Was it just another idea of man without the Holy Spirit? Those things only bring death. It brings isolation from fellowship with Jesus. We must know that we've been bought. We've been redeemed from the useless, fruitless way of living inherited by tradition from our forefathers. Now it says, It is true that he was chosen and foreordained and destined and foreknown before the foundation of the world, but he was brought out to public view in these last days at the end of the times for the sake of you. All right, so it was already called the end times when Jesus was walking on the earth. So the end of the times, as it was prophesied by Daniel, he was prophesying the end of the Jewish world. Okay, verse 21. Through him you believe in God, who raised him up from the dead and gave him honor and da -da -da, glory, so that your faith and hope are centered and rest in God. Sounds a lot like 1 Corinthians chapter 2 where Paul writes, he says, um, uh, I, uh, my uh, words were not set forth in persuasive, enticing words of wisdom, but they were in the demonstration of the Holy Ghost and power. So there's, you see the glory of God, the works of God being shown. Okay, the glory of God. He says, um, and then he says, my words were in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power because, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. All right, now it says in verse 22, Since by your obedience to the truth through the Holy Spirit, you have purified your hearts for the sincere affection of the brethren, see that you love one another from a pure heart. You have been regenerated, born again, not from a mortal origin or a seed, but from one that is immortal by the ever-living and lasting Word of God. So the Word of God is everlasting. That's not something that fades away. Now it says, for all flesh, mankind is like grass and all its glory, its honor, like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower drops off. So the tradition is only looking at the glory of the flesh. But that glory is not an eternal glory. That glory is temporary and it's a fading glory. Remember, we talked about it yesterday, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. The fading glory, the glory that must pass away. The glory in the face of Moses. But there's an ever-increasing abiding glory and that's the glory in the face of Jesus. And we need to start moving past the flesh. We need to start moving past the glory of the flesh, which is here today and tomorrow. It's, it's dead and it's thrown in the fire. Okay. The, now it says, yeah, uh, the, the, the glory is like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower drops off. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this word is the good news which was preached to you. So if you find the good news in the law and the prophets, it's the word of God. So the whole Bible is the word of God but it, because we know that it testifies of the good news from beginning to end. But if we take the law out of proportion and out of, uh, out of context... Because the overshadowing context of the law is the cross of Christ. That's why it was given. 
So if we take the law in isolation of Jesus and isolation of the cross and we just try to fulfill the law itself, uh, guess what's going to happen? Um, we're going to just lose everything because the glory will fade and drop off. Okay, it's, it ends in death. All right, so we have the glory of man that's fading and we have the sufferings of the Christ and the glory that should follow and we have been redeemed from the curse of, or we have been redeemed from the useless, fruitless way of living. And then it says, through him you believe in God who raised him up from the dead and gave him honor and glory. So Jesus was given glory. Okay, so a little bit earlier in First Peter 1, Right, so it says here, praise be, verse 3, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, by his boundless mercy we have been born again to an ever-living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, born anew into an inheritance which is beyond the reach of change and decay, imperishable, unsullied, unfading, reserved in heaven for you. Okay, so we need to get to our inheritance. That inheritance is unfading. It's a glory of God that will never fade away. Okay, it's a crown that he gives us, the victor's crown of glory. All right. All right, so let's go to Ephesians. No, I said we were going to Hebrews. Go to Hebrews chapter 2, and then after Hebrews, we go to Ephesians. So the Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 2. But first, I want to go to Hebrews chapter 1. <laughs> Just listen to this. In many separate, uh, separate revelations, each of which set forth a portion of the truth, and in different ways God spoke of old to our forefathers, in and by the prophets. Okay, so he spoke to them by the prophets. He didn't speak directly to them. But in the last of these days, he has spoken to us in the person of a son, whom he appointed heir and lawful owner of all things. So Jesus is heir and he's been glorified. And he's heir and lawful owner of all things. And we know that Romans chapter 8 says, um, if, if we are sons... We are joint heirs with him. But we'll get to Romans chapter 8. It says, The last of these days he has spoken to us in the person of a son, whom he appointed heir and lawful owner of all things, also by and through whom he created the worlds. There's a creation again. And the reaches of space and ages of time he, he made, produced, built, operated, and arranged them in order. He is the sole expression of the glory of God. The light being the outraying or the radiance of the divine. And he is the perfect imprint and the very image of God's nature, upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. When he had, by offering himself, accomplished our cleansing of sins and riddance of guilt, he sat down at the right hand of the, the majesty on high. All right. So we need to, to know that... Um, the glory of Jesus Christ is, is ours. He's given it to us. He's crowned us with it. He wants us, the new creation, to be crowned with the glory 
of God. He wants us to experience his glory in fullness. Okay, so he says he's the sole expression and he's the outraying or the radiance of the divine. That Christ, that Jesus is inside you. Just think that very first song I, I sang, um, Revelation chapter 1, that that description of Jesus Christ, you know, uh, his feet was like burnished bronze, you know, like bronze burning in the fire. Um, you know, and his face was shining at like the sun at full power at midday and the sword came out of his mouth and his eyes were like flaming fire. The glory of God, his hair was white as wool, not because of age, because of the glory of God, okay? All right, so he is glorious, but he's inside us and he has given to us that glory, that majesty, that honor. He has given to us that authority of that crown because he himself seated on the throne being crowned with glory is in us and we are in him. We are joint heirs with him and we share in his inheritance and he exercises his authority in his body, in us, to subdue the whole earth. Okay, so we're going to get now Hebrews chapter 2. We're going to make mention to, to Psalm 8 again where we started. All right, so... Let's start at verse 5, Hebrews chapter 2. He says, For it was not to angels that God subjected the habitable world of the future of which we are speaking. It has been solemnly and earnestly said in a certain place, What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you graciously and helpfully care for and visit and look after him. For some little time you have ranked him lower than an inferior to the angels or Elohim or lower or inferior to God. You have crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands. So it speaks of Jesus and it speaks of Jesus in the church later. Every believer having received back the crown. Okay. It says, for you have put everything in subjection under his feet. Now, in putting everything in subjection to man, he left nothing outside of man's control. But at present, we do not yet see all things subjected to man. But we are able to see Jesus, who is lower than the angels for a little while, Crowned with glory and honor because of his having suffered death. In order, you see there, crowned with glory and honor because of his suffering death. When the, uh, the great shepherd is revealed, you will be crowned, you will receive your crown of glory. Okay, you have been, you've been crowned with glory and honor because of his having suffered death. In order that by the grace unmerited favor of God to us sinners, he might experience death for every individual person. For it was an act worthy of God and fitting to the divine nature that he for whose sake and by whom all things have their existence in bringing many sons into glory should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through suffering. Um, for both he who sanctifies, making men holy, and those who are sanctified, all have one Father. 
for this reason, Roshi Brakase, and the Spirit prays in our behalf, and the Spirit offers the perfect prayer. We need to spend time praying in tongues. Okay, verse 27. And he who searches the hearts of men knows what is in the mind of the Holy Spirit, what his intent is, because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God on behalf of the saints according to and in harmony with God's will. We assure it. Uh, we are assured and know that God being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good and for, uh, for those who love God and according to his design and purpose. So how does all things work together? And the sonship starts getting revealed. The flesh is subdued and manifestation of the glorious liberty of Christ starts to come to my life and people see the liberty and not the bondage and people see more of Christ than of my glory of the flesh that's fading and passing away people see jesus manifesting the outraying the radiance of the divine the express image of the father being shown in you the word becoming flesh and everyone beholding the glory of god we need to step into sonship we need to step into maturity into a place where people can see the manifest love where people can see the manifest glory and power of god in our lives okay verse 29 for those whom he foreknew of whom he was aware and loved beforehand he also destined from the beginning to be modeled molded into the image of his son okay so that image is in glory says second corinthians 3 verse 18 and that image is the love of god being made manifest okay now it says verse 30 and those whom he thus foreordained he also called and those whom he called he also justified are you called sure you are are you justified we are justified by the blood of the lamb okay he says we are justified by faith we are justified by the resurrection of jesus christ okay acquitted made righteous putting them into right standing with himself and those whom he justified he also glorified hey if you've just if you've been justified you have been glorified the glory of god is inside you the glory of god is upon you we need to believe it and see it so that we can start manifesting it raising them to a heavenly dignity and condition of state of being you are seated with christ in heavenly places what then shall we say to all this if god is for us who can be against us so whatever about the sufferings whatever is standing against us it's not at all to be compared to the glory that is about to be revealed. And then it speaks of um, all the uh, persecutions and things. But every time they just get, come up out of it. Same thing in 2 Corinthians 4. In 2 Corinthians 4, he speaks of the glory that is about to be revealed. and uh, the, the glory that is being revealed in, in the life of Christ that's being revealed in mortal flesh. He says here in verse 6, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts so as to beam forth the light for the illumination of the knowledge of the majesty of the glory of God as is manifested in the person and is revealed in the face of Jesus Christ. We need to be seeing the face of Jesus Christ. We don't see yet all things subjected unto man, but we see him. We see Jesus. We see his face. We behold his glory and we are transformed into his very own image. When we manifest all things are under our feet, we will see the authority of Christ manifest more and more and more as we look to his face more and more and more. 
However, we possess this precious treasure in frail human vessels of earth that the grandeur and exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be from God and not of ourselves. And he speaks of the persecution. We are hedged, impressed on every side, troubled and oppressed, but not cramped and crushed. We suffer embarrassments and are perplexed and un unable to find a way out, but not driven to despair. We are pursued, persecuted, hard-driven, but not deserted to stand alone. We are struck down to the ground, but never struck out and destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the liability to the exposure of the same putting to death that the Lord Jesus suffered. So they tried to kill him. They persecuted him. Okay? So that the resurrection of life, uh, the resurrection life of Jesus also may be shown forth by and in our bodies. So if they try to kill you and the resurrection life is shown forth, what happens? They can't kill you. Like the Apostle John. They tried to kill him. They couldn't kill him. They threw him then in a, in a big pot of boiling oil. You can read it in the Fox's Book of Martyrs. They threw him in that big cauldron of boiling oil. And nothing happened to him. He didn't. He not only survived, he was fine. It was like Daniel and his friends, in the, well, Daniel's friends, in the in the uh, oven with King Nebuchadnezzar. They were thrown into that oven because they didn't want to bow down. And they were just standing there. They, when they came out, the the clothes didn't even uh, smell okay, of smoke or anything. Okay, right. So the life of Christ must be shown forth and made manifest in our mortal flesh. The, the, our bodies, this, this pot of clay needs to show forth the glory of God so that we can be transformed into his very own image. Okay. For we who live are constantly experiencing being handed over to death for Jesus' sake that the resurrection life of Jesus also may be evidenced through our flesh which is liable to death. So I hope this... This blesses you. Okay. So he says, For all these things are taking place for your sake, that the more grace and favor and spiritual blessing extends to more and more people and multiplies uh, through the many and more thanksgiving may increase and redound to the glory of God. We make too little of the glory of God. Here he has crowned us with his glory. He has given us his glory. He has clothed us with his glory. He has... He has glorified us, man. And we need to start entering into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. Okay. <laughs> this guy on the lion. <laughs> That's funny, Diedrich. Okay. <laughs> okay, Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 3. And um, then I'm quickly going to jump to John 17. Okay, so Ephesians chapter 1 from... Verse 17, he says, For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep, intimate knowledge of him, by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you. There's the hope again. And how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints. You see there the glorious inheritance, the glorious liberty of the sons. Okay, the sons are heirs. Okay. 
And this, so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe, as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So his power is exerted in the resurrection power. The resurrection life of Jesus Christ must be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Okay, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places. 2 verse 6, we are seated with him in heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion in every name that is named above the title that can be conferred, not only in this age or this world, but the age and the world that is to come. Oh God, oh God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. You have, you have set him over the works of your hands. You have crowned him with your glory. You have put all things under his feet. When he refers to all things being put under his feet, we, uh, uh, he left nothing outside of man's control. We don't see everything yet under man's control, but we see Jesus. Hey, we see Jesus because we are with him. He is above every rule and every authority. He is uh, above every power and every name that is named, every title that can be conferred. And he has put all things under his feet and has appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church. We are seated with him. Nothing is outside of man's control. It's time to behold the glory in the face of Jesus Christ. It's time to be crowned with the glory as Jesus, the chief uh, shepherd is revealed to us it's time to walk in the glory it's time to walk in the authority and the power of the kingdom of God the crown and the throne of our Lord God okay which is the body the fullness of him falls all in all okay now Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16 <clears throat> may he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man. Why mighty power? So that you can subdue, so that you can use the authority of the throne of God and the crown of God. In the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. Hey, the glory of God dwells inside you, man. May Christ, through your faith, actually dwell and settle down and abide and make his permanent home in your hearts. Not a glory that fades and passes away like the glory of the flesh. It's a glory. It's a crown that will never wither. It's a glory that that surpasses everything it's a glory that ever increases it's the kingdom of god that grows and grows and like a big mountain and fills the whole earth okay may christ through your faith actually dwell and settle down make his permanent home in your hearts may you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love the love and the glory is always together verse 18 that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints god's devoted people the inexperience that love which is the breadth and length and length and height and depth of it that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God and may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. How awesome is that? Now to him who by in the consequence of his action in his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think. 
infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, and dreams. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I love what the King James says here. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. <laughs> world without end. So there was a world that ended. Its glory was the glory of man that faded and passed out. Its crown was brought low. Ephesians chapter 28. Okay? Its crown was thrown out. It's the world of the Pharisees that Jesus ended. The serpent seed's head was crushed completely. And God said to that fig tree, no one will ever eat of you again. And the fig tree was cut down by the root. And uh, John the Baptist said, the axe lies at the root of the, of the tree. For anyone who has an ear to hear. It's destroyed. It's ended. The temple was broken down. And Jesus raised up the new temple, the body, which is now the church. We are the glorious temple of God. We are the dwelling place, the permanent abode for, for God. This is the new world that Jesus came to institute. World without end. Okay, let's just see. Let's go to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. John, are you getting something? Say amen or say yay or say woohoo. Don't say boo, say woohoo. <laughs> okay, John chapter 17. I'm not going to read everything for time's sake. I know I've been, I have a long breath and a long, I'm long winded. <laughs> but. I do this for you and also for me. I'm getting as much out of it as, as you. Okay. All right. Amen and amen and amen. And hello, Dries. Nice to see you, man. Bless you. Okay. Right. Let's start reading at verse 20. Neither for these alone do I pray. So it's not only for the disciples or only for the apostles. Okay. It is not for their sake only that I make this request, but also for all those who will ever come to believe in, trusting, rely on me through their word and their teaching. That they all may be one. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. Okay. So God wants us to be one. As God is one. Holy Spirit, Father, Son, one. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us. So it's now Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He invites us into the unity in Christ, into the Godhead. So that the world may believe and be convinced that you have sent me. I have given to them the glory and honor which you have given me. That they may be one even as we are one. Okay. What makes the two one? What makes the many one? Love. I have given them your love. I have given them your glory. That they may be one. I in them. And you in me, in order that they may become one, 
and perfectly united that the world may know and definitely recognize that you sent me and that you have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have entrusted to me as your gift to me may be with me where I am so that they may see my glory which you have given me, your love gift to me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. Oh, restore to me the glory that I had before the foundation of the world. The love and the glory is one. Oh, just and righteous Father, although the world has not known you and has failed to recognize you and have never acknowledged you, I have known you continually. And these men understand and know you and, have, and know that you have sent me. I have made your name known to them and revealed your character and your very self. And I will continue to make you known that the love which you have bestowed upon me may be in them and felt in their hearts and that I myself may be in them. Hey, if you can know the love of the Father, if you can know the love of the Father, you can know the glory of God. If you can be filled with the love of the Father, length, breadth, height, and depth, you can be the city of God and the glory of God dwelling in the city, the city coming down from heaven, which is the spirit, which is the glory. Uh, he has given to us the glory. Okay, we need to really get this. We are one with the Father because of the glory. We are one with Jesus. We are one with one another because of the glory. You are crowned with the glory of God. You are seated in Christ, with Christ, in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. Just open your eyes and look to the unseen where Jesus is. And stop looking at your circumstances. And see... All things have been placed under your feet. All things have been placed under your authority. All you need to do is speak a word in fellowship with him, wearing the crown of glory, sitting on the throne of grace in Christ. Every word you speak from there carries the power of God. And you can rule and reign in this earth by the power of Jesus Christ. There's so many scriptures we can go to. Revelation chapter 5, Revelation chapter 1, speaking of the glory of God, and then it speaks of, of us being crowned. See, he's made us kings and priests to our God, and they shall rule over the earth. We're not going to rule in heaven. We're going to rule over the earth. And the only way we're going to rule is if we just take our crowns and start ruling. Okay, but also remember that the, the elders cast their crowns before the feet of Jesus in worshiping. There's a time where we humble ourselves. There's a time where we just lay down our lives and throw our crowns before his feet. Lord Jesus, to you be all the glory. We throw our crowns of glory before your feet. To you be glory and honor and majesty and power. But when we go out, when we can stand before him, we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Ooh, Lord Jesus, we worship you. We honor you. We bless you. We praise you. Before him, we just open. We just say everything in the light. Oh, Lord Jesus, this is what I'm struggling with. This is, this is what is not yet subjected. This is what I'm struggling with. Oh, Lord Jesus, help me. I need your help. Oh, Lord Jesus, come and save me. And then when you get up and you go into, into the world, you have this crown on your head and you're clothed with a robe of righteousness and you are ru ru ruling and reigning through the Spirit of God in you. 
being made one with Jesus seated on the throne, you speak a word and you subdue, you subdue, you subdue all things that are not yet subdued unto man. We need to start speaking the word. We need to start manifesting as sons of God. We need to take authority and start moving in this earth in a power and a glory of God such as which the world has never seen. Let us go on to perfection. Let us manifest the perfection of love. Let us show Christ to the world as Jesus has shown the Father to the world. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, so thank you for watching and thank you for, for, for staying with me all this time or talking to you. Um, I really pray that, that you received something and that you experienced something during this service today. Um, it seems for the medium term anyway, this is our new normal. So, um, so I just, uh, just want to not rush things, especially on a Sunday. I, I, uh, I really want to give you something. All right, and then uh, remember this week... Uh, we, we're going to have some more of those um, meetings on the internet. What's that thing? Zoom. Some Zoom, Zoom meetings. <laughs> and I heard that it was just incredible, the Zoom meetings. Philip, I never got your recording. Thank you for sending it, but I, I, I'll, I'll call you. But I just heard good things of, man, all these Zoom meetings. Go for it. And I think it's just, I think it can actually continue after, after the lockdown is in it. I think it's fantastic. And it includes people from all over the world. How amazing is that? Man, I just think that's great. So um, I'm just going to, I'm just going to pray for us. And uh, then we end the stream somewhere. I probably need to start lighting the bri place fear so that we can, <laughs> so that we can have a bri. But um Bless you, Peter. Thank you, man. So, uh, so, so I just want to pray for you. All right. And my heart's desire is for you to know the glory of God and that the glory will shine, that you will become radiant with the glory, light, life of Jesus. That people in the street can see you and can see that you've spent time with Jesus. So, Lord Jesus, I just pray for everyone watching now live, everyone that's going to watch later. I pray, Lord Jesus, anyone, everyone all over the world, doesn't matter who and where and when, I pray, let the glory of God invade their lives. Let their hearts be filled with the glory. Let their heads be crowned with the glory. Oh, Lord Jesus, let your glory authority be upon every person, everlasting joy on their heads, uh, Joy unspeakable and full of glory. <laughs> Lord Jesus, I pray, let the glory invade their lives. Let the glory invade their finances. Let the glory invade their marriages. Every marriage just be blessed by the glorious joy of Jesus Christ in Jesus' name. Let all the issues and all the offenses and all the nonsense just fall off and disappear and be thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. I pray marriages restored, marriages revived and blessed in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, I pray, let the glory of God touch people in every area of their lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, guys. <laughs> Thank you for watching. Really love you guys. And uh, we'll see you again sometime. Okay. Amen.